Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry, only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands, all hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. All right, welcome into another edition of The Conduits of Trouble. Zolgad and Scoggins and uh, Chip just back off of flight from uh, Tampa, Florida, where he covered the Outback Bowl. And uh, let's start and focus on that for quite some time, Chip, yeah. because this was this was a, a win that was not, to me, a fluke. No. It was not a, oh, that's a nice little win off Wisconsin, which obviously was a disappointing game. I got to tell you. I was really impressed. Yeah, I was impressed, and I got to be honest with you, I was surprised too. Um, I did not think they would win because I thought they would have trouble at the line of scrimmage, both 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 sides. I mean, obviously Auburn's defensive line—you got top ten pick and Derek Brown, the tackle. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're uh, Marlon uh, Davidson, the def- uh, defense end, was a uh, second team All American. He's going to be a high NFL draft pick, and so I thought. That was just going to be a bad matchup for them. And then on the other side, I, I just, you know, I felt like Auburn's size on their offensive line might overwhelm the, the Gophers' defensive line, but they absolutely took it to them. I mean, it took the fight to them. I mean, the, the Gophers' offensive line won that matchup, and to me that was the uh, really the basis for what happened there. I mean, you think about it, Judd. They basically gave him three points with the first interception on the first drive. Yeah. And yet they had a 96-yard kickoff return. I know. And they, you know, and still won in the fashion they did. So that was not a fluke. They absolutely dominated. And when you look at the, it was 495 yards to 250 or whatever. Time of possession got skewed because of the, the kickoff return. But they had the ball 15 more minutes. They had the ball a whole quarter more than them. It was, Gophers ran 75 plays. And, and Gus Malzahn in his press conference yesterday, he said, he said, I just keep coming back to this. The thing I look at is we ran 53 plays. He said, we didn't have the ball. And it felt like they either, you know, it was three or out. I mean, they had five yards rushing in the first half. And so the Gophers, I was, I mean, that's as good as I've seen them play in that situation against a really good opponent. Mm-hmm. To me, that answer, you know, a lot of people say, well, this, this season was good, but they were one and two against good teams. And how good really are they? I think we'll go back and say they were a better team than Iowa, and they just made some bad mistakes. They had two drops that really killed them, the Tyler Johnson. And you're going to lose a game. And the Wisconsin one, they just, I think in hindsight, and in talking to PJ yesterday, I think, I think he would have gone for that fourth down in hindsight looking at it. Well, he sure did. Because you saw he what sure he did in the fourth quarter yesterday. Because you saw what he did. I think, I mean, it's like he's he's not a grizzled coach yet. I mean, he's still right. learning, you know, how to be a head coach in different lessons and, and when to go for it, when not, situational stuff. And 
he he rose to the moment yesterday. I mean, he they flat out out coached Gus Malzahn's staff, him, Matt Simon, the whole coaching staff. So yeah, all the way around, great fan turnout, and that is exactly why they needed to play an Auburn or an Alabama, a team like that. Because I, I felt like going in, if they got beat, people would be like, "All right, Auburn's just better. You lost to a good." But if you won. Look at look at the reaction today. Absolutely, there was there was it was low risk, high reward. I thought. Yep. Well, and it, it helps now with with the fan base, which goes now into the off season excited. Yep. It helps no doubt with recruiting and just just the perception. Image of your, perception that's the thing. Absolutely. I wrote about that today. It's like so. There, I, I I imagine they're going to finish top fifteen nationally. And so next year when you come back, and I used to be a rank a voter. I know how people do it. They look and see what the the end vote was last year. And then you say, all right, who do they have come back? Well, you got your quarterback, you got Rashad Bateman, you got the entire offense line, you got Mo Ibrahim, Ibrahim. Uh, and so, I I would guess they're going to be picked to win the West, them or Wisconsin, and I think they'll be a top fifteen team nationally to start the season, at least top twenty, mm-hmm. and possibly top fifteen. And so, the perception of that program this season did, but I think winning that game in the fashion they did definitely changes the way people look at go for football. Chip Scott, I'm going to give you two words that strike me about um, the, the 2019 and, and then, of course, one game of 2020 golfers. And they're both impressive things. One is a toughness. Yep. Like, I think this team was this team was mentally tough. All, yep. all the things that I question about the Vikings, are yep. you really that tough mentally? This team is. And, and the other thing, and I think we saw it for sure coming off the Wisconsin loss and then the Auburn win, resilience. Yeah. And, and this is and so this is where like we could talk all we want about how Fleck approaches things and and yep. his his uh, ways of operation, which I know some people love, some people hate. But I think more importantly, if you're to break down him as a coach, yeah. he's built a tough team yeah. and and a team that because the Badgers' loss could have been a really bad because it made me question them. Mm-hmm. It could have been a really bad loss, and you said, "Whoa, what what happened there?" Or it could be for a program that's not there yet, for sure. Yeah, a building block. Well, and it, I think it's a building block. And those two things, I think toughness and resilience, basically go hand in hand, right? Sure. Because you're not going to be resilient if you're not absolutely. Tough. And, and I'll go back to that game yesterday. You're playing a, your eight or touchdown underdogs against a good SEC team that had the hardest schedule. I mean, their their schedule was ranked number one toughest this year. I mean, think about who they played. Judd. They had wins against Alabama and mm-hmm. Oregon. Mm-hmm. So Alabama, obviously, really good. Oregon won the Rose Bowl. They lost at LSU by three points. They lost at Florida by a touchdown. They lost by, I think, it's six points against Georgia. So, I mean, <laughs> look at that schedule. Right. And so you open up, you have an interception. They score. You think, oh, boy. That's exactly what I thought. I was sitting there thinking. Tanner Morgan doesn't flinch. I know. You give up a 96-yard touchdown, and I'm like, oh, boy. <laughs> and there was another point where they went for it. Was it the third quarter where it was like fourth and inches and didn't get it? They got stopped. and it uh, The ball got muffed. Yeah, the, yeah when, the snap when, was, when Tanner uh, dropped the ball. Tanner dropped it, yep. And you're thinking, oh, boy, this okay. could turn it. And every time, there was like three or four uh, spots in that game where like, okay, this is where Auburn's going to pull away. And the Gophers just dug in. They didn't flinch. And so 
And it, just being around him, like Tanner Morgan is really tough. Like when he makes a mistake, it doesn't he doesn't get rattled. I mean, you, you've seen quarterbacks that just fall apart or they it, they make another mistake. I don't know where you're talking about that happens. Yeah, <laughs> I've never seen a quarterback. <laughs> I've fall never apart. seen that before. Yeah. I've never seen a professional quarterback <laughs> fall apart in my life, much less a college. <laughs> That's right. There's something about Tanner Morgan that yeah. is just he's tough. Tyler Johnson, Rashad Bateman, Rodney Smith, those guys are tough. Antoine Winfield Jr. That kid is tough. <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, they just have guys. They have a bunch of alphas in that court, Carter Coughlin, that there's just there's just something about them that they have this confidence, and you could being around them, like they know they're good, and it's not false confidence, and it's not bragging. Mm-hmm. They just know they're good football players, and so you know, is that something that PJ and his staff has built up? Or is that just kind of in them? I think I, it's I a mentality know. of the team, though. Yeah. I, like, well, I, I think behind all of the things that confuse people about PJ's verbiage, yeah. I think that there's something that those kids can glum onto that is that it, it's not that they don't come in tough, yeah. but it bolsters that. Well, they, they buy into the to the mission or culture or, or yeah. whatever it is that they, you know, that, that he builds it up, like, he has all these different. He was talking about the one yesterday with the baseball bat and the donut and the pressure and the diamonds and all that. And kids buy into it. I mean, they I know. absolutely do. And so, but the other thing is too, this team has talent. Mm-hmm. I mean, they have high end talent that we have. I mean, about Tyler Johnson. I know. Today. Yeah, I mean, it's funny when when the one catch in the end zone. I thought he was. I thought he was throwing it away because it. I mean, it came out so high. I thought okay, he didn't see. He didn't see anything. He, and then I asked Tanner about it afterwards. He said, well, I'm just putting that in the only place where Tyler's catching it and the defense can't get there. And he said, hey, it's Tyler Johnson. Just throw it up and he'll go make it. And he has the same thing with Rashad Bateman, you know. Um, but, I mean, look at the way uh, Mo Ibrahim ran the ball. Mm-hmm. I mean, that kid's going to be really good next year when – He's the focal point of the offense like he was last year with all the injuries. But what I liked about that, too, and starts with, with him and, and Morgan as well, I love the fact that they came out a- after the pick. I love the fact that they started punching. Yeah. Like, they didn't take punches. Nope. They took one punch or two punches and then said, okay, that's fine. And then and then they swung back and yeah. swung back a lot. Yep. And that's something that in football, to me, is extremely important. But the flip side to that is that something a lot of talented teams and players in football don't do. Well, and look at the, I mean, they finished with 200 and, what was it, 15 yards rushing? And somebody asked Gus Malzahn about that, and he's like, yeah, that does I, that surprised me that they would run like that on us because it, it just doesn't happen. And for the Gophers to be able to do that, think about, like, when, it, when they established the run, like on the deep shot to, to Tyler Johnson – when when Tanner faked that handoff to Mo, mm-hmm. that entire defense came roaring up to the line. All the linebackers, the safety, and then he pulls it, and they realize, oh boy, <laughs> Tyler's right. streaking down on the post. But it's then like, he hits the pass perfectly, perfect, too. Yeah, which which looks simple, no, but it's is not, not simple. No, and that's the one thing I, I will say about Tanner: he's not big, he doesn't have a strong arm, but he's accurate, and he mm-hmm. puts it where it should be. His wiring though is so good. He's mentally he's wired so he, well. He for is. That you can see why he's beloved. I mean, like, yeah, he is as admired and respected. I think as any Gopher player I've covered, in terms of how people view him, like Esslinger was like that. Setter, uh, Setterstrom, Spath had that. 
where people just like, okay, this guy's different, you know. You should hear the way those guys talk about Tanner and just the leadership he has and the uh, kind of the uh, just flat-lined, mature approach he has. I mean, you talk to him, you think he's 30 years old. He mm-hmm. just, I mean, he doesn't, I mean, he, they say he goofs around behind us, you know, he has kind of a goofy streak too, but, I mean, he's all business. And so they got two years of him yep. left. And so, he's staying too. Yeah, I, I, I don't think he'd be a guy that leaves. I mean, I don't. Physically, I just don't see. Him no, I I agree. Well, well, the scouts are going. The scouts are going to pick him apart and find yes, flaws. One hundred percent. But you get. But the one thing that I will say is the way that kid's brain works for mm-hmm. a quarterback position. You absolutely love. I love the fact he got picked off. Yeah. I mean, there's there's some guys that would have that would have ruined the day. Yep. Oh, and they would well, they would have gone in a shell because like, oh my gosh, yes, Auburn, and, and that slant didn't work, and, yeah. and 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 Auburn played it perfectly to their yeah, credit, yeah. But there would have been a lot of guys who were like, oh my god, that didn't work. What's going to happen next? And mm-hmm. instead, he's just like, okay, cool. And Judd, he's fifteen and four as a starter. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, I mean, you know, that's that the one loss record for quarterbacks is it's a team yeah, thing. But, as I think much it, gets as, but a, it it gets to a point where it's impressive. But if we're going to use it against guys in a negative way, Correct. you also have to. Say it in a positive way. I think way. if you get a big enough, you know, 20 games uh, sample size, as they say, yeah. I don't think you can dismiss that. No. 15-4 no. is impressive. Yep. Oh, it's unbelievable. So yeah. do, do you think that this erases the Wisconsin loss? Like, how, how far does this go Well, to taking that loss and sticking it on the shelf? I'm not saying it's gone. Yeah. But just as far as the perception of that loss um, on, on Tuesday as opposed to after the game went. Yeah, well, I think. This is what people are going to remember more than the Wisconsin line. When they look back, they're going to remember this and probably Penn State more than they lament what happened at Iowa, Wisconsin. And I, you know, I look back at it as like Iowa. They just made too many mistakes. I mean, they had two just killer drop passes for the two best players. And you know, there's some coaching decisions they probably wish they had back. To, you know, going for the long field goal right out. So, but I, I felt like they were the better team than Iowa. They just didn't play well. Wisconsin, they just flat out got played. I mean, Correct. They didn't play well, and that game bothered me. Yeah, because at the they, time it bothered me. Yeah, and they just they, they just didn't play well. And so, I guess if you play thirteen games and you have one where you don't play well for a college team, it's hard to get too upset. Even though heck, they could have been in the playoff discussion, but right. Um, but you know what? Yesterday showed me is like obviously the playoff teams. Particularly the final two, and even I'd put Ohio State in there. They're a cut above everyone else. But man, you know Auburn beat Alabama. Mm-hmm. You know they lost by three at LSU. Mm-hmm. So I mean that's a really good team, and it's, I think to me more than anything that showed that the Gophers can hang with the big boys. I think just the, hang with they, they belong in that in that in that conversation. I, I think the biggest compliment that I can probably pay this Gophers team is this: the Wisconsin loss really surprised me. Mm-hmm. Like. Ordinarily, 21-point loss, you'd be like, well, typical Gophers, right? Yeah. But this is not the typical Gophers, and and that loss did surprise me because I'm I'm with you. In their conference, beyond the Buckeyes, who I do think are special, but beyond them, yeah. there's nobody that I look at and say, oh, you know what? You're going to lose that game No, for I mean, sure. Can... And that's why when Michigan comes back on the schedule next year, people yeah. are like, oh, Michigan's back. Okay, cool. Yeah, I mean, they... Play them. Yeah, I mean... You can they, win. They... Well, and that's the thing. I think the confidence for the program when you beat Penn State and Auburn in the same year, 
I think that you benefit from that because you know it's not like oh my gosh we got to play Michigan now. I mean, there's they're like okay, it's a good team, but it's it's not like they're you know you have no hope. And so I look at you know the players they have come back. Defense is going to be that's going to be uh, in transition. They're going to have to replace a lot of talent there. Coughlin gone, Winfield. Probably, I think Winfield's Winfield gone. probably gone. I would, I would be stunned if he comes back. I mean, because to me, I I think he's going to be a high draft pick, and I don't think if he comes back, he can improve his draft stock. I think he can only hurt, hurt it. it or get hurt. Well, that's yeah, hurt it by himself. Get hurt. I mean, yeah. I don't think he would. If he had a normal year, I don't think he'd fall. But if he got hurt, you definitely would. Sure. And I don't think he's going to be like all of a sudden be a top ten pick if he comes back. And I mean, he was a first team unanimous All American. Right. How much more? You know. And his size will always bother. And, and, and so his that's yeah, not he'll get. He'll some will get you know, knock him on that. But I mean, you lose a lot on defense, but offense. I mean, think about it. you. You're gonna have a two year starting quarterback, or a quarterback in his third year starting, mm-hmm. a running back who's already rushed for a thousand yards and just tore up Auburn. Probably the best wide receiver in the country, and the entire starting offensive line. Yeah, they don't lose one lineman, which didn't have. One or Fa- two guys. Uh, well, they didn't have Fale, and then they didn't have their top tight end, Paulson. So, you're gonna, you're gonna turn all three tight ends, and then I I think Altman Bell's gonna take a big jump just because he's gonna get more opportunity. Can we deduct too that after what we saw because that was an impressive offensive performance against Auburn? Can we now flat out say that? And we don't talk about this a ton, but that PJ Flex offensive scheme is just really damn good. Yeah, because and I'm sure Shiraka did a great job. So I'm not yeah. trying to say he, he didn't. And the guy that replaced him. Matt Simon. Yesterday to call plays. Simon. Yeah. yeah, I'm sure he did a really good job. But I, my theory has been there's so much else about P.J. Fleck that we talk about yeah. and focus on that flat out this guy has an offensive mind yeah. that's pretty, really solid. Well, and he knows what it, he kind of... Uh, and I think he doesn't like to talk about it, he, well, which is weird because he talks about a lot of other stuff. Yeah, it's funny because he is kind of a running little jab at me but or joke. But um, I asked him one time this year because he, like, he's old school. Like I asked him uh, one time this year. I said, "When you get the box score after the after a game, what's the first stat you look at?" And he said, "Time of possession." And I'm like, and I kind of laughed. I was like, "That's like really old school mentality there." And he's like, "That's how. That's what I believe in. Like, run the ball, be physical, play action, pass he's off." In. That. Yeah, that's what I said. I was he's like, "You're like should go to the Vikings." I know. And uh, so every time he does now, like even yesterday, uh, he had a stat in his press conference. He uh, someone asked him about time of possession. He's like, "Yep." Yeah, and Chip will like this. I got it circled. Here it is, Chip. I had, and he did. He had it circled, you know, on his play sheet. Sure. Um, but that's, that's like, early in the year when they were, like, struck the offensive line in the non-conference when they weren't playing that well and they couldn't run a ball. And we were just like, just throw the ball to Bateman. They can't, you know. Right. But that's not what he's going to do. That's, it's, it's all about setting up the run to set up the pass. And getting the play action, getting the RPO. It's literally what Mike he's Zimmer wants to do. He's an old school he heart, play like action physical, up, and he said, I'm funny. never going to get away from that. And so he did give uh, uh, Chiraka uh, autonomy to kind of craft it how he wanted and all that, but philosophically, this is what PJ, how he wants his offense to look. And so, it, but it made sense. I mean, he's always going to have good running backs, and I think he's going to re- – We'll see what he does with Matt Simon if he promotes him to offense coordinator or you know keeps him at wide receivers coach. Although I think if he hires a different wide receiver, somebody's going to come try to hire Matt Simon. Either NFL, either NFL sure. or, or 
a big, you know, one of the sure. big bloods because he's that good. I just think the system two. and scheme is smart, and yeah. it looks like it works really well. Yeah. And it, yeah. It, and he's got the kids, which is paramount to the importance of it succeeding. But I do think that there, I think there's a lot about Fleck as a coach, some good, some bad, yeah. that, that gets overshadowed by the bluster stuff, which really gets focused on instead of what he does well actually coaching. Yeah, the substance. Yeah. I mean, and not, not that the air stuff's not substance, but just like, the football part of it, Correct. you know, the game, uh, the the game planning into game day stuff. Yeah, and which some's at, really good, and some still well, probably working. Look at how I mean, it's it's dramatic what they've gone from scoring offense from Flex first year. I mean, it was like I think ninety something, and then fifty. And this year, I think they wound up was it eighteenth. I mean, they averaged thirty six points a game, thirty five mm-hmm. points a game. Which yeah, they're like. During the kill years, it was... And again... They couldn't score at all. In the Big Ten games against weak teams, they drilled them. Yeah. They didn't well, just beat a, yeah. them. They drilled them. And that was the thing. Everybody kept knocking... And it was. It was a soft schedule. I mean, this is... You know, you're not going to get that schedule. But it wasn't like they're just squeaking by these teams. I mean, it, they're beating them by, you know, 20, 30 points. And so... Um, and I mean, it's... Schedule gets more difficult, but I don't think it's, like, dramatically... And the conference isn't... Let's, you know... It, You're if still we're being playing the same teams about the conference. Yeah. The conference is not exactly a killer. No, not in the West. You know, in your crossovers, okay... Michigan? You 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 drop Penn State and you pick up Michigan. Yeah. Uh, you still have Maryland, and then you drop Rutgers and pick up Michigan State. And that might be... That's tougher, but Michigan State's but not a killer. Not a great not program good. right now. Yeah, they no. were not good. So... No, that, my, my point is, coming out of the Auburn victory, you definitely feel like this team should go into next year big time contending yeah. for the Big Ten West title. Well, and and yeah, well, without a doubt, they should be, and that's that's kind of the goal is like every November be in the mix now. And but like the people that traveled down there and just the buzz and talking to people at the hotel bar last night and around town, and just the reaction on social media yesterday during the game and. Like people are talking about go for football now in a way that I don't think they have in my twenty years here. Maybe, maybe you. I would differently. guess. I would guess my lifetime. Probably. I mean, the only time that I, the only time I remember there being probably th- this amount of excitement about the Gopher program and it passed quickly because he left was Holtz. Yeah, you know, but this didn't happen with Jerry Kill for sure, and those weren't those those were better teams. Yeah, and with Glenn, the one week, and Glenn took over a terrible program. Yeah, got it. I think solid, not great, but solid. But it plateaued at solid. Yeah. This is another step that you, I mean, I've been following Gopher football since 1978, and I'm 50 years old. This is a level that it's never gotten to and in my lifetime. The enthusiasm and optimism and fan just engagement. Right. And, and, fans, so, and e- even if fans don't like what they consider to be PJ's act now, they ultimately won't care if he wins. I think there's fewer and fewer people. I think like wins like that, and I, I've seen it on message boards or comments where people say, He's not for me, but the guy can coach. Correct. Whereas before, it was like, this guy's Brewster. And right. so now I think people are like, okay, we can't go with it. This is the Brewster. Which he's, no. It, never, it was ridiculous. No, but the, he's with. not for me, followed by he he can coach. Yeah. It's very important because that means I'll buy tickets. I don't care because yeah. he can coach. And that's what we've said from day one is give the guy a chance. And and it does look like, he, you know, it, going back to Western, that he can flat out coach. Yeah, he, he can. Well, and I, I said this from day one when people were like, ah, oh, he's Bruce. I was like, you do not go undefeated and go to the Cotton Bowl by luck. It doesn't happen. You don't go from one win at a program, any program, to undefeated and going to the Cotton Bowl 
without being able to coach. I mean, you could coach. It's just people just had it in their mind. And But it's funny. I, after his press conference, I, I snuck outside with him yesterday because I had a couple follow-ups. And, and I, just, I said, you know, pe- people are going to look at your program differently now based on this season and this win. And how do you want this program to respond to that, you know? And he said, well, I want – We I said it from the first day I was hired. You have to change the way people think about this program their beliefs, their thoughts, all that. And he's felt that, and he's made a number of comments about it, um, where same old gophers, typical gophers, mm-hmm. lay an egg, you know, the yeah. the doomsday scenario, like yep. the fatalistic kind of persona. And he had the one, was it after the Wisconsin loss? I think it was where he said, stop, we're not going back to that. I'm telling you, we're not going back to that. And it's, you know, it's, People will be slow to change their perception of, of the program, but I think seasons like this and a win like that gets people thinking, okay, maybe this is a different type, you know, mm-hmm. deal than what we've seen well, in 60 years. And you, and, and you think about this year's team in particular and the differences between all of those talented but flawed Gophers teams mm-hmm. and the differences in – how they're wired and how mm-hmm. they respond to adversity. And I don't mean big time adversity. I mean, the least thing goes wrong and they, yeah. those teams panicked and went, and this team, you know what, to their credit for well, the most part, bounced back and did not do that. That's the thing. Like previous teams probably wouldn't have been in a situation, but like that 96 yard touchdown return yesterday. Well, I mean, not in that game, but they were they were in 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 games, yeah, like Big Ten games, and then just for sure, they and clutched. then that snowballs into just getting blown out, and people are like, oh, you know, yep. But this team, the toughness, you're right. I mean, they just kind of dig in and and it, you know, just keep chugging. Vikings at New Orleans on Sunday in the first round of the playoffs. Chip Scoggins, let me let me give you where I've come to on this game, and then you tell me if you think I'm crazy or not. Up until like Tuesday night, I was thinking to myself, foregone conclusion. They they lose. They probably get blown out, but they lose for sure. They've got no chance. And then I thought to myself, hold on a second here. Yeah. Every every time I feel this sure about a game, like they're gonna got no chance. Yeah. Don't don't even show up. I'm usually wrong. And then here's the weird thing. Tuesday into Wednesday, I had a dream. <laughs> and, and and it's very it's very murky, but it was very quick, and the end of the dream was Dan Bailey running off the Superdome field. The Vikings had won. The implication being, obviously, that he had kicked yeah. the winning field goal. And I remember waking up being like, the Vikings just won. And I was sure of it for like two seconds. Yeah. But my point being is I'm starting to question it because because my opinion and thoughts have been so colored by the Packers game, which yeah. was a really bad game. Well, that, yeah. But I'm beginning to think now that, and I'm not, I'm not saying that the Vikings are going to win, I'm beginning now to think, though, that this is probably going to be a lot closer than I was thinking up until the last couple of days. Yeah, I think it's going to be competitive just because I don't think, well, one, we've, we as in this, this market has allowed that Monday night stinker to um, make us feel like they have no hope against anyone, right? right. It, it was so bad that night, but I just think... You know, getting Dalvin back, getting everyone healthy. Um, yep. And I just don't think that – I'm not saying I, I don't think I'd pick the Vikings to win. Right? But I don't think – I think this will be a close competitive game. Um, Because I don't think there's, like, one dominant team. 
in the, in the playoffs. And I like the Saints on the lot. NFC. And offensively, they're very good. And I think it's gonna be a shootout. They're not perfect at home, but their defense does have flaws. You're right about that. But yeah, I just I feel like I was so far to the well. It's done. They're, it's because that Packers game was so yes. bad. And and the more I think about it, what's fair about the talk, and this is as much nationally as locally, what's fair about the talk about Mike Zimmer's job security is this. If they do repeat that Packers game, there could be changes because they weren't prepared. And, yeah, and yes, yeah. Cook didn't play. But going back, you know, the Green Bay Packers gave you the ball first half alone three times. You yeah. got 10 points. Cousins looked bad. The offensive line looked, looked bad. And quite frankly, that entire Vikings team, and I don't know why, looked unprepared for that game, which was a monumentally important game. Yeah. So if you repeat that in the Superdome, yeah. there could be changes made. I'm just saying I don't – I don't. this team is – too good, I think, to repeat that. Yeah, and you know those those reports like Charles Robinson. I have a ton of respect for. He's plugged in. He's he's not a guy that's just going to throw stuff out there. So he's obviously talking to people in league circles. But I still would be surprised if if this is a Zim coaching for his job game. I just don't. I don't. I don't get that sense that I think if they lose by twenty one, if it's forty one donut, yeah. Then I, I think, think if they get, I think table. if they get blown off the field, if Ziggy's like it could be steam coming well, out his ears. You here's know. my guess, and we, we covered the beat long enough together. I'm curious if you agree with me or not on this. And we haven't really talked about this too much, but I think it's an underlying factor internally with the Vikings. It's probably huge. We all thought, oh, that Packers game was a stinker. That's a bad game. Too bad. And yeah, it it colored how we felt. My guess is the Wilfs were livid because they well, hate the Packers. We saw him come out of the locker room that night. Yeah, he was. He was. I mean, he but they hate the Packers, him. which they should. Yeah, they hate the Packers. That that game was to move up to the potentially fifth seed, and potentially. Now I know it was a long shot, but at least during the course of that game, it was potentially for the division title. And you got in prime those, time. And in prime time, right? All of the all of the things that at least played a partial role, except the primetime one, in Childress being fired in 2010 after a stinker against the Packers yeah. at the Metrodome. My point being is, I think if you get your bl- drawers blown off again, yeah. the Wills, we probably didn't talk about an- enough what that Packers game meant to the ownership group. Yeah, and it's, yeah, I mean, we you can tell, like, after a bad loss when Ziggy comes out, that you can see his emotions on his, just, his face. He's but, flummoxed, flustered. Um, and I think it was Charles's thing too that this is tied to Stefanski. And I got to be honest with you, it was yeah, that's right. About what I and I like Kevin. I think he's you yes. know a good coach. But yes. why has he become like a guy that you absolutely cannot lose? It's going to be Zimmer or him or a hot name and on these on these coaches. Um, you know these candidates. Oh, uh, vacancies. I mean, why? Uh, why is yeah. he? Why is his name all of a sudden a hot name? Um, because he he almost got the Browns job last year in, in the offense. Now it's not been great. Sir, I don't think. I think the stack goes back to, and this probably coincides with when Thielen went out. The offense since November has not been as good. Um, but my guess is he's seen as another. He's in that pool, not McVeigh guy, but he's yeah. seen as as you know, offensive minds are are ruling the roost these days. But I'm with you now. Charles came on our show as well with uh, with Phil and mentioned the fact, too, that he has heard some things about Spielman and Spielman possibly going elsewhere. And so here's the one I'm curious about. If they get blown out by the Saints, if George Payton, I, I think there's a, a better chance George Payton, the assistant GM, 
who's been here forever. Yeah. And has, has turned down and many, has turned yeah. down tons of possibilities, I think, to even talk to teams about jobs. And I want to say was a, a big time candidate for the San Francisco job before Lynch got that job. Yeah. Um, it would I'd be less surprised if Spielman left and Peyton got the GM job here. The Stefanski thing, I'm, I'm with you. I mean, Stefanski's done a nice job, but I can't get my head around the difference between being in your first year calling plays, Chipper, yeah. and then taking over a 53-man roster. Well, and, well, and then the thing we don't know is, and I don't, I, I don't want to discredit Kevin, but how much is Kubiak? You know, Absolutely. No, I'm, so I'm that's something you. you have to figure out. I thought the out. same stuff. But it's yeah, it's one thing to be calling plays, another just to have to all the stuff you have to deal with and and... I think Charles thing was like it was a report that they're so afraid that he might leave that if yes, it's, that they might boy, I, I don't know. I don't see that one. And, yeah. and I think Kevin might leave for I mean I wouldn't be I wouldn't be shocked if Kevin got a head coaching opportunity, but I don't see it. And but I just come back to the fact that all of that is predicated on the Vikings being blown out. Yeah, embarrassed. Yeah, and, and I, I don't think it happens. Even then Man, I don't know because I mean, look at look around the league, Judd, at how many franchises are just complete disarray that are cycling through coaches every two years, one year, and that there's something to be said about stability and yeah. and always having a chance, you know. And you may I'm not saying and not being a embarrassment at times it, it, it's, off the field too. Yeah, like the Spielman and Mike together have done a very have brought in, I think, a lot of stability to a franchise that when we covered it. Had some success, but also had some really rocky moments. And yeah, just some professionalism and a standard of, hey, yep. I will cut you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, if you... no, you're right. Um, so there's something. I mean, and obviously he has his flaws, like every coach. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I would be careful about. And your question being saying, you know what, this is going nowhere. When you have a pretty the stability and you have a professional outfit and but the, the thing is is i still think him and spillman are tied i think i don't think it's either or i think it's a package don't you I, I, I can't imagine one leaves and one stays i agree and and i come back to what you j- just said because i think i think to just i think just blanket say that zimmer and rick but mike especially are just safe is foolish like he's definitely there, there's pressure here yeah but i also I also then ask, who's going to be making the decision on the next coach, potentially the next GM, and do I trust it? Because you could, if you've got something that you think is no lose, great, that's one thing. Yeah. But if you're doing what you're saying, which is saying, well, you didn't get us over the hump and we thought that you would, and so you're fired and we're going to move on to coordinator x yeah a young guy with office who is that yeah and what is that person so here's the thing let's say they have a garden variety loss sunday 37 31 right do you want them on lame duck status i give them another i give them both at that so here's one more year so you give them and let's say cousins is okay but not great but just you know yeah so you give them one more year because so then they're on the the cousins timeline but don't you have to draft a quarterback then? Yeah. But you're going to let guys that are that you don't have enough faith in to give a long-term deal to draft a quarterback? Well, it depends on where I'm going to draft the quarterback. I think you have to do it high. I mean, you don't want to draft a guy in a sixth I mean, this round. Is, it's all great questions and great points, but I don't know. 
if you have a garden variety loss on Sunday, I think Zimmer and Spielman are safe. I don't think they're going to get blown out on Monday. But if you have a garden variety loss that Cousins plays okay in, but he's not great, am I going to extend him? Almost certainly not. I think, no, you'd play that out. So then I'm going to draft a quarterback, and you're right. Do I trust Rick to draft a quarterback? And the answer deep in my heart is no. Um, but you can't put... And I'll throw this at you, too. I'll throw this at you, too. Now, Mike loved Teddy, and I get that. And as far as I could tell, that worked out. That worked out, unfortunately, uh, went awry. But it worked out well until it didn't, sure. which was beyond anyone's control. Mm-hmm. But if you're going to draft a quarterback... And that's going to be the guy. And you know what? I do love sit behind Kirk because I'd love to not play a guy. Well, I would rather have him sit for a year than have to. Hey, Absolutely. Kirk's done, and you're a rookie. You're starting Agreed with you. Yeah. But that being said, knowing Zimmer and how he operates, do you want him being ultimately in charge of another young court or of a young quarterback? I was. This makes me nervous as well. I would say, like if just. If you look at it realistically, and you're drafting a quarterback in first, second round, you're saying this is our guy of the future, right? This is going to be our Teddy or whatever. Yes. Well, you would want whoever is grooming him and selecting him to have the same timeline, and you can't offer that. (laughs) So what do you do? See, this is where it gets... I don't know. It's a great discussion, but it gets very convoluted. Yeah, I don't know. Because I am... I I get the talk of making changes, but I'm not a proponent of it because I, I wouldn't. What I you wouldn't. what you laid out to me is absolutely, and we've seen this before, where a team just makes a change for change well, sake. I mean, you know, and Freddy it does, Kitchen, Pat Shermer, you know, and, and now you've won in, four games or five games. Yeah, the guy in Chicago, and you can't, you know, as far as Stefanski goes. Okay, he's called plays. He's done a nice job. Credit to him. But does that mean that I could put him in charge of 53 players in a room and, and get them to play? And now who's in charge of my defense? But the future does become messy because it's filled with a lot of questions yeah. at probably the most important position in all of sports. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. And I I, I think the timeline of those three are the same. Spielman, Zimmer, Cousins. Okay, so if they don't blow, if they lose... 37, 31. I think you give them a one-year extension give, so they have. So, so they've got a year more than Cousins then. Yeah. And okay. it, and that would be the, like they have this year. It's just it's a buyout. It's not, Correct. It's not really ironclad security as much as it is. And what's funny is if they win and it's impressive, then who knows how long the extensions are. And are, are we talking about, you know, if they win a playoff game, now are we talking about a Kirk extension? Possibly, yeah. I, guess, I mean, it depends on how he looks and all that, but that's why, I mean, think about everything that's riding on this game. Absolutely. You talk about perception. <laughs> but it's, you know what, to me, a lot of that is fair. Because yeah. two years now, so it's not like it's just one game. No. This is the buildup and lead up to, especially a quarterback who can beat up on bad teams. Mm-hmm. And the funniest thing is, if you were to put the blueprint on top of this game, what the Gophers did in the bowl game is exactly what you want. Be aggressive. So if Kirk, well, yeah, but if, if Kirk if Kirk screws up first quarter, say, okay, bleep it, I'm fine. Yeah. Um, to be more powerful than the Saints. Yeah. To play a game where, I mean, I came out of the Green Bay game, and I said this, and I believe it to be true. Right now, the 2019 Vikings have shown me 
that because they've got they got talent. They they are a weak minded group. Like when it gets real tough, okay, you beat up on the Giants. Yeah. Oh, who cares? Yeah. But when you faced Kansas City, Matt Moore, beat him. Go beat him. Um, last drive, Seattle. Get down the field. Yeah. No rules say you can't. Well, and I go back to that first series against Packers where you get the um, the turnover and that 100-mile-an-hour fastball that he threw to C.J. Hammond in a flat, and it's just like, settle down. Right. You could tell right then I know that he was rattled by this. And it's like, just calm down. Right. Would you want to go down there and, like, tell him? Yeah. Dude, it's going to be okay. You've got teammates <laughs> for a reason. No, you're right. and But that's the thing that, with Kirk, and that's where, and this is going to sound goofy because, uh, obviously, the game goes four quarters and lasts three hours. I've In my mind, the most important Offensive series for the Vikings beyond a shadow of a doubt on Sunday. The first series, first one, yeah, just to se- just to see if you can settle down and be. Um, but how many games have we seen Kirk this year? The Kansas City game got off to a rocky start. That that pass to Thielen, that well, his tried passes to hit him. were all over. Remember the yeah. first the first series, they were all over. Yeah, and he after the game, he said it was something technique wise about opening his hips or whatever. But to me, that was just the moment more than yep. the technique. We saw it. Well, even in that Green Bay game, there was like he was firing passes at people's feet and just getting rid of the ball. Um, now, he, the offense line was horrible. That was as bad as they played in a long time. But but that just shows you that if they're not good, I'm not sure he's going to be able to rise above it. No, that's my concern. You know, that's exactly my concern. And if they, but, but he will never have because, and this is Rick's fault, but he will. He will never have a better offense than he's going to have on Sunday. Dalvin Cook's going to play. Thielen, I would hope by now, because he has not looked right since he came back. Yeah, Thielen had the Chicago game off again. I, I would hope that he would be set now mm-hmm. um, to play. So you're going to have Diggs, Thielen, Cook, Rudolph, uh, Irv Smith. Smith yeah. So you're going to go down a list of as far as complimentary... You get your four best exactly. guys are. Yeah. So you're never going to have it better than... And so but we now, don't know about the line. <laughs> yeah, now here's the here's the one sneaky good thing about the line on Sunday, and this isn't perfect, but it's the good thing. Cam Jordan, who has one more sack, I believe, than Neil Hunter has on the season chipper, uh, he lines up at left end, not right end. And Collar told me he's anchored there. He doesn't move around. They don't around. switch him? They don't switch him. Oh, well. Uh, so if that's the case, and this is going to sound small, but I think it's it's important. The pressure's coming at Cousins' face. Well, and so, dude, you know what you got to do? If he's coming at you, you got to make plays. Duck and duck and make plays. And he's going against your best offensive lineman. Yeah, right, O'Neal. Yep. I would, would you say he's their best offensive lineman? Yeah, I would. Yes, I think so. He has been, and so, um. So that's good, but yeah, it's it's not ideal. But the pressure is in your face as opposed, so you can see it coming because he can't feel because I've that's never where he gets the turnovers when he can't. Oh yeah, and I've never seen a good quarterback struggle to feel pressure. Yep. more than Kirk Cousins. Yeah, and that's where is you know tucking the ball or whatever. So yeah, it, it's uh, defensively. See where Kendricks is at. That one worries me a lot. That's a great point. It, it, you know, he, this is uh, my head is spinning here. I'm foggy. Thursday, Thursday, he, and he, he, practiced, he practiced. I'm sure limited. limited correct. I'm sure yeah. limited. He didn't practice on Wednesday, but I'm guessing he's going to play. Now, how effective he's going to be? And but, if he's not healthy, that's a big problem because yeah, Kamara's a nightmare. Michael Thomas is. I don't know what they're going to do there. Yeah, and I mean they just 
They got so many weapons, you know. Well, the quarterback's going to create nightmares. I know. They've got a tight. They got the tight end. So do oh. they? Does it, now we know Xavier's been good against big receivers. Michael Thomas is a different <laughs> animal. I mean, yeah. He's yes. He's probably you know yes. Do they match up Xavier? Uh, play sides with him? No, no. I, I what I do is I I double Thomas and I don't play sides. I just yep. let the chips fall where where they they may. And I think Thomas lines up quite a bit in the slot. Now here's the other problem. Alexander, who's been pretty doggone good, he's is not practicing. He's knee. hurt. Yeah, he's got a knee. He's got a knee problem. This is not shaping up well. Yeah. Um. But but I, but I don't play sides. No. Yeah, I wouldn't either. I get safety help yeah. on Thomas. I think. Yeah, I think that's probably. But that's the problem. Is the if problem Kendrick, is then you have Camara. If Kendricks doesn't play, who takes Camara? And if it's Cook or if it's Barr, who takes Cook? Yeah, like, there's a lot of this. Will be if if the Vikings, if the Vikings leave the Superdome with let's say a 31-24 win on Sunday, it will be Mike Zimmer's defining and crowning game plan moment. Yeah, and he's had some good battles with Sean Payton. Yes, I mean those are those are two. I mean because both of them are really good. Don't you think this would do. be his best though? Because of all the things we're talking about, with all the yes, with particularly because this is not Zimmer's defense where he says, "All right, Xavier, go over there." That's we're what good. I, yes. We're good, <laughs> and you're like, "Oh, of course he's good." Yeah, yeah. He Xavier's not one of the top three quarterbacks in the in the league anymore. Correct. Um, Kendricks is hurt. The defensive line still effective, but they're not what they were two years ago when Everson was in his prime and. Um, so yeah, I would say so, but can the offense score enough in a shootout? No, that's up to the, that's going to be up to if the line can play decent and can the quarterback not panic? Yeah. And I don't know the answer to that. Can, can the skill position guys around the quarterback do it? Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Thielen digs. And if cook is 85%, he's still good. And, and if cook's a threat, the most important thing that, that, we're going to learn two things to me. First series, first Vikings offensive series Sunday. One is, is Cousins mentally right? Because mm. if he's putting the ball, to your point, into guys' feet, you're in trouble. The other thing is, does Cook is Cook dangerous enough to make play action a real threat? Well, I think, I mean, even even if, if he's not 100%, I think the Saints, just being on the field, the Saints are like, we got to watch that guy. You know? Right, but if he comes out and breaks off a run, then, you, then, you're, then you're bang. Then you open up stuff. Then you're in great shape. Yeah. Yeah, and then you know you can do maybe some of those bootlegs and roll cousins and you know because he he just looks more comfortable when he's on the move. Absolutely, you know he does not look he does, he looks like he would for the most part rather a lot of times be anywhere but the pocket. Yeah, but you're right. If he rolls out, he looks fine. Heck, no, he he looks good. So you think this is a? I don't know if it's a field goal game, but. My dream six was field points. Game. I mean, you think it's six points? I think it's. I think it's three to seven points. Yeah, I don't like. I think it's going to be competitive. I think it's going to be a high score, and I think I'm not. It's going to come down to the fourth quarter. I don't think I'm not going to be nearly as sh- and get bombed. I I I, I no. would be surprised if that happens. And I'm not going to be nearly as shocked as I, I would have been a few days ago if they actually win it. It's just one of those games. It just feels like in sports, whenever you, whenever everybody agrees, yeah. this team's got well, no chance. And I don't. I don't see them. No showing the game. No. Which, to I, me, Green Bay came pretty close to as bad as you can possibly play. Yeah, I I, I I, don't see that happening. And you're right, especially in the NFL. 
when everybody's going one way, you're smart to go back the other. Exactly. <laughs> because that's how it normally works. Exactly. You know, so. So I see it being three to seven points. Yeah, I would say, I would say 34, 31, probably Saints. Yeah, I'm going to pick the Saints, I think, still. Yeah. But there's just enough things. And I guess my biggest question comes back to this. Is Cousins mentally right to do this? And I don't know the answer to that one. I don't, you know what? There's a lot of guys on that team. I think, okay, you know, Diggs can do this, right? Harrison Smith can do this. Now, that does not mean that as a team, I think they're mentally strong across the board as they were in 2017, but I do think there's individuals that I trust. Oh, yeah. For sure, right? They have pedigree. They have resumes. Yeah. Yeah. The quarterback, I have no idea. Yeah. I I don't know. And he's never, and I don't think in this, I don't think on this stage, he's ever done enough for me to say like, ah, but remember that game? Yeah. No. And it's, you know. There's just been too many examples of the big moment where it's not been there to to say definitively. This is what I think Cousins is going to do because I, I really I have no idea. And what's funny is I probably won't be shocked either way. No, I, I won't either because Cause he's got the ability to play well. Sure, yeah. I mean, we've seen him play at a high level, and we've also seen him on you know on the other side. And so I I won't be surprised either way. And but I also can't sit here and say with any confidence which what you're going to see. I do think in the end it's fitting though that to your point there's so much riding on this game. It this is sort of the story of this team cuz you know all through the, this year and it's been what 10 wins yeah. which is a nice year. Yeah. Uh especially uh, since the last game didn't count and we didn't care about it. Yeah. But what's funny is how many games have we said okay show us now. And this is the last one. Yeah. And they're yet to really show us. Part of the problem is, you know, the NFL is so bad. There's so many bad teams that it's you only get a handful of games where it's like this is a really good opponent where this is a yep. measuring stick game. A lot of times it's just like you're a better team. Just do what you have to do to win. And sometimes it's ugly. Sometimes you bomb them, you know. But But there's really only a few times where you're like, this is really going to show you what this team is made of because all you know, there's just so many bad teams. <laughs> Unfortunately, you're exactly right. Yeah. Okay, Chip Scoggins, we are done. Are you- Conduits of trouble. We will uh, talk to you again next week. Thanks for listening. Whether it's Baker's Simple Truth Turkey or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar or pie made with fresh Cosmic Crisp apples. There are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays. And Baker's has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone.